Welcome to another podcast of Launch Into the Deep. This is your host, Andrew Campbell, your Bible teacher. I just want to welcome you to another podcast. This is part two of our first podcast, Unwrapped, the spiritual gifts unwrapped from 1 Corinthians 12. And so this is part two. And I had started to talk about it from last week, but I want to welcome you. If this is your first time joining, I, you know, hope it won't be your last time. And as we go deeper into the word, um, launch into the deep podcast looks at the revelations and the mysteries of the word of God. And so I just want to invite you tonight to just sit back, relax, get your Bibles. If you feel to get your um, your notepads on your phones, or if you prefer to write, whatever you do, you can just follow follow with me in the Bible. Um, the entrance of the word brings light. And tonight we're here to talk about light to God be all the glory. And so we're talking about the spiritual gifts. And the last time that I was talking on it, the apostle Paul was talking very clearly. And he said, he was making reference to um, the, the, the body he wrote in his first epistle um, to, to the church in Corinthian to talk to them on the spiritual gifts. And he made emphasis because it's an entire book that's been written on this, which means that it posed a problem then and so needed to be addressed. And so I looked at the word, um, you know, that he was talking about because he said he did not want them to be unaware. Some version says ignorant. You know, um, and I look carefully at the word unaware because um, uninformed, the different things, there are different versions, but it's basically the same thing. Because if they're unaware, that means that they have no idea. And so Paul was saying to them that he did not want them to be uninformed. And again, if you look at the Old Testament, Hosea 4 verse 6 you know, God was clear to his people. He said, my people, which he was referring to, which was Israel, um, perished because of lack of knowledge of the word of God. And so, you know, we are perishing because we don't know the word of God. And so today we are here to launch into the depths of things and to look at what the word means. Um, you know, the word means here in the word of God. And I want to look at unawares. And the word unawares in Greek is referred to as elethan. And, and remember the Apostle Paul, he was he spent a great amount of time in Greece studying, you know, the, the, the Greek language, the customs, the culture. So he knows what he's saying. And so elethan means to be concealed or hidden. So this is what he was saying, that he doesn't want them to be, you know, not aware being that this information would be hidden from them when God has it set for them to know, to be in the know. And that's what reaches a lot of us today, the ignorance, the spirit of ignorance, which is lack of knowledge. So we're ignorant. And when you're ignorant, it refers to as darkness in Greek. So we have to know the, the, the real depth of what we are in. Are we walking in darkness or are we walking in light? And so I'm here to enlighten you on the spiritual gifts tonight. And there are a few scriptures that the Bible speaks of about, you know, being uninformed, being unaware. First Corinthians 12 is one of the main ones. And also Romans 11, 25, um, the apostle Paul was writing in his epistle to the church in Rome. And he says, for I do not want you brethren to be uninformed or ignorant, you know, of this mystery so that you will be wise in your own estimation that a partial hardening was happened. It has happened. Sorry. So, you know, He's saying in that scripture, even though, though it doesn't apply, 
that he does not want the brethren to be uninformed, ignorant, unaware that the Lord had hardened, you know, the hearts of the, the Jews so that the Gentiles could have, you know, gotten a chance into the kingdom of heaven. But that's a whole new story. I just looked at the scriptures where God was talking about people being ignorant. Just first Peter 2.15. There are so many of them. But I wanted to, I want you to please understand that um, these people, when the Apostle Paul was talking to them, these people, he was clear to tell them that, you know, you know, you were one serving other gods because they did not understand our God and that our God was has a different kind of power. This was the Greek set of God and they were people, sorry, they were converted to Christians. And so they were used to, you know, pagan Greek gods like Zeus, the God of war and the famous Aphrodite, the God of lust and sex. You know, they were, they were in no way used to this kind of God with what appears to be super magical <laughs> gifts that may, you know, have been, beginning to manifest within them and so they were starting to maybe look amongst themselves and say oh my god i can see in the future and this one is saying oh my god i didn't know i just said that and another one is saying you know the wisdom of god they're starting to speak something the knowledge of god may come out they may be healed healing somebody unaware of doing it so you know the gifts may started to have manifest mean the power of god may have started to come out amongst them and so paul had to let them know what the spiritual gifts really were and so you know they were talking about um god you know also the first thing that paul addressed was to tell them listen there is in no way that nobody can in be in their right mind in the spirit of god and say that god was a curse that jesus is accursed there is no way that that they can do that because that means that they'll be in the wrong spirit of god and then the thing is the wrong spirit which is not of god and the thing is when i looked at the bible because this is this is what god takes seriously beelzebub um was was this the, these these religious leaders in matthew 12 22 to 37 what they did the pharisees caused them not to enter into the kingdom of heaven in the book of Matthew 12, 22 to 37, because Jesus was performing a miracle and these men deliberately called the work of God, the work of Beelzebub, which is the God of flies and filth, which is the same name Balenciaga has, the God of flies and filth. And so we are looking at, you know, the word of God and how we can blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, because what we don't get is that the Lord is the spirit. That is what 1 Corinthians 1, 18 says, that the Lord is a spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And the spirit of God is holy. And so Habakkuk 1, 13 tells you that God cannot look upon sin. And so these Pharisees were calling the works of the Holy Spirit um, the work of Beelzebub. And there are a lot of Christians who do this unaware to them and they have actually blasphemed against the spirit of the living God because the Lord is also the spirit. And so I say that when he looked at them and said, look, you cannot come with a word to say, look, that, you know, this spirit is, is, is you know, is you're speaking against the Holy Spirit. That is not of God. That is the spirit of Satan because anything that opposes the truth, that is a lie. And that is the devil. So, you know, we have to look at the fact that their gods were different. We have to look at the culture back then and why it needed to be announced. And so the fact that the Apostle Paul, 
wrote an entire <laughs> epistle concerning this matter. It means that it needed urgent attention, in my opinion. And he also told them that he was informing the church. Listen, he was informing the church. And so the word of God is spoken out and explained to them. And he is informing them with the word of God. So the church today faces a similar battle that needs to be addressed urgently. And so in this podcast, you know, we'll be highlighting the depths and revelations in our 1 Corinthians 12. And this is part two of Unwrapped. So Paul recognized the need, you know, as I said before, um, to know because of their, their, their past gods. And so these were powerless gods. You know, they offered no support to them in the spirit realm, but they had no other God. They just look up to them. So, you know, we we have to look at the word of God and, and look at where it is going and what God is saying concerning his word. Because the other issue Paul wrote of, you know, in the first paragraph of the letter, and, and we have to look at how it's highlighted, he highlighted to the church concerning those um, that had to get clarity. And he was clear to inform them that, again, they shall not say that anybody shall not say from their mouth that Jesus, you know, is accursed because that statement is serious. And when I looked at um, anybody that spoke against the Holy Spirit and says that, you know, the Holy Spirit is, you know, calling it illegal things, <laughs> I call it that, um, they'll be accursed. And these are not, spirits are not of God. And I look up that word, they shall be utterly destroyed. And that was a very powerful statement by God. So the Apostle Paul had to address it. Because again, they are attacking the spirit of God when they are doing that. And so I looked at it, the Hebrew word was sharam for a curse. Sharam. And that means to utterly destroyed. And I said, God, is it that serious that you are going to utterly destroy for this? I said, oh, my God. So we have to know the works of the spirit and the works of the devil. And that is why we have to be in the word of God so that we can have the clarity on how we can move forward. So Apostle Paul, you know, was clear in the ground rules because he set ground rules. That anyone operating in the gifts among them who are speaking under a different spirit, they shall be accursed. And remember, if they did, he did also tell, he also told the church, you know, in Galatia this, he told them, you know, that, you know, they would be accursed. Oh my gosh. And so there, that word kept coming back and meaning that the Holy Spirit is warning the church that if they speak against the spirit of God, they shall be cursed with a curse, with a curse. And so we have to look at the, the depth and the magnitude of the Holy Spirit. And so, so the manifestation of the Holy Spirit amongst them, you know, should, should bring glory to God. And this is what the Apostle Paul was saying. So anything else that was contrary to what he said and what the Lord said was, was not of God and it was a different spirit. And, and, and I'm looking at John 15, 26, because Jesus said, he, the Holy Spirit, will testify of me and he will glorify me for he will take, he, he will also talk of what, what is, what is mine and he will take it and declare it to you. So I look at the word and I said, oh God, you know, you are such a beautiful God, but people are not focusing. So the gifts in verse four to verse seven are explained. And I explained them in the past one in part, in part one. And so 
the gifts are, are diverse, meaning there are different kinds, you know, different varieties, example, different ministries, you know, there are different roles, different functions, you know, for example, you have the fivefold ministry and the apostles operate under the fivefold ministry. So you have the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, the preachers, you know, the fivefold ministry. So that these gifts are also ministries. And so we have to look at the, the, the I broke it down in the, in the administrative form in the previous one. But this side is from the spiritual side because the gifts are used in different ways, you know, based on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. And it's based on, you know, how the Holy Spirit, his power comes out because he is the one, according to 1 Corinthians, sorry, 12, that tells you he's the one that, you know, brings out the spirit, like the, the, the lead administration, you know, he's the one responsible for demonstrating the power of the gifts. And so he has that authority when he works through us. So I looked at it and I said, oh my God, let me break this down a bit because the Holy Spirit, he, he, he works. The gifts are used in, in different ways, as I said, and they're based on, on the manifestation of the Holy Spirit himself. So the Holy Spirit in essence is basically responsible for, you know, dispatching or distribution of the spiritual gifts to whoever he chooses. So he calls the shots, people. So there should be no one in church who should be bothered by Sister Mary's gift to see because the Holy Spirit, according, according to 1 Corinthians 12, has already from before the creation of time selected Sister Mary to see in a different kind of way, the Elijah kind of way. And because I am just an evangelist, I believe that I have to be bothered by Sister Mary's gift, but I cannot be bothered. And I'm going to get there to explain why I cannot be bothered. Because we are one body and we have different functions. And this is the body of Christ in the spirit. And so some will operate as the hand. Some will operate as the foot. Some will operate as the nose. Some will operate as the ears. And none can do what the other one can do. I'm just telling you. So the gifts are different and for different reasons. So the, the Holy Spirit is intentional. So it is a spirit of God, you know, that, that does this. And, and it's only logical. Come on, let's look at it. It's only logical because he gives the gifts to whoever he chooses. He is the spirit of God. He has the rights, the copyrights to it. He does whatever he wants, you know, and, and a few of the gifts I classify as action gifts, you know, because of how they are. Miracles and the gift of healings. These for me are, you know, action gifts. And 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 the word I'm looking at actions and I looked at look at the Hebrew word and I looked at the, the word for activity or actions. Um and this comes from the Greek word energemata. And that makes sense. Energemata, right? So activity, energy. So that's the Greek word. Again, the Apostle Paul looked at the Greek you know, study and customs as well as the Aramaic, you know, and the Hebrew. So this means that, um, you know, the, the energy, the energetic, you know, the energize, the energizement, you know, of, of things is just active. So we get what they call energy and we call anointing. <laughs> they call it energy. We call it anointing. So we get that through the manifestation of the Holy Spirit of God, who then works he manifests in us to administer or manage the gifts 
on the direct operations of the Holy Spirit of God. Because remember, I told you that the Spirit of God, the operations are controlled by God himself. So God has full control and he exerts his power and he influences, you know, and, and gives out the orders. So we are looking at the word in detail here that the Holy Spirit is the one that gives out the clear orders. He's the one that causes everything to function. Um, he calls the top shots above every other shots. So this is saying in a nutshell that absolutely no man, and I'm saying this again, no man has any control or rule, I should say any rule over their gifts to claim it. Because these spiritual gifts, the copyright is held by the Spirit of God himself, which is on the operations of God himself, based on 1 Corinthians 12. And the administration of that is led by the Jesus Christ-led administration, because it is the Spirit of God that controls the administration of the gifts. So the ministries and all of that, the Spirit of God controls them. He tells them, he leads them just as Jesus does because he is the spirit. So I'm looking at, you know, the, the, the seriousness of this and I'm saying, God, you know, this is serious. So, you know, they, they, they will never get, they will never get it. They will never even understand. Some will never even understand. But the Holy Spirit is the one who unwraps the spiritual gifts in us. The Holy Spirit is the one who unwraps the spiritual gifts in us. So again, there is evidence of the operations of the Godhead. Remember, I had spoken of this in part one as we're winding down. There is evidence, you know, of the Godhead in, in Genesis 1. Um, same thing in Genesis 1 and, and, and Genesis with Nimrod as well, Genesis 9. Um, sorry, not Genesis 9. In, in, the, in, the, in Genesis with Nimrod and the Tower. So that also is there, Genesis 6, the presence of the Godhead. So we are looking at the Bible and look at the depth of it because Paul started to talk of the manifestation of the Spirit of God, which is logical since the, the different kind of gifts, the varieties was also done by the Spirit of God to his goodwill and pleasure. And remember, this is what 1 Corinthians 12 says. So no man has any right to want to attack or take another man's gift because that gift is subject to that man based on where how the holy spirit gives it so when the apostle paul told the church that all was to profit from each other's gift it was just not one set or restricted to any one person and this is what the apostle paul had to explain it was an entire church body they represent spiritual israel we the body of christ the true body of christ represents spiritual israel so we have to understand it's for the whole church family. So your gift that you have is not for your selfish gains, but for the church family to benefit. And this is what the Apostle Paul had to come and tell them because they were not used to getting spiritual gifts from their old gods. Their gods were dead and powerless. They were like Dagon. So those gods had no use to them. And so they didn't understand. And so they didn't get to the point that they should pay attention to you know, focus on the fact that the whole church 
needed to benefit from the spiritual gifts. And this is why I believe the Lord says in Hebrews 10, 25, do not neglect assembling in the house of God as some do because the coming of Christ is near. And so, you know, I believe it's because the, the, we need to be together in the house of God for the spiritual gifts to be manifested in us. And so I'm closing down on this podcast for today. Um, I thank you for joining me. Um, on, this is part two of of our podcast launch into the deep. And so I thank you for this is unwrapped first uh, Corinthians 12, the spiritual gifts. And, and, you know, this series is titled unwrapped. And so I thank you for joining me today. And I hope that you can join me again for the next podcast, which will be part three, because it is so deep. So I w- hope you join me again. And thank you so much for being a part of our podcast. Thank you for listening to launch into the deep. Yeah.